welcome to Sounds from the Shelves. I'm Nika. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lee. And today, we're going to talk about what it is that librarians do all day. Yeah. Here's a hint, <laughs> it's not just reading books. So to join us in this discussion, we have a guest. Our guest is Brooke Young. She's the manager of the Glendale Library in the Salt Lake City Library System. Welcome. Welcome. Woo. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Would you like to give us a short introduction about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I've worked for the Salt Lake City Public Library System for 25 years. I've been the manager at the Glendale branch since we opened about seven and a half years ago. I like soccer and dogs and... All right. So let's let's talk real quick because there may be people that don't know this and or are confused about this. So Lee and Sarah and I work for the county library system and Brooke works for the city library system. And the two are similar but very different. Yes. So... The county library system covers Salt Lake County, but our locations are pretty much in the county except for Salt Lake City proper. Yes, and all of our locations are in Salt Lake City proper. Yep. But the great thing is, if you live in the county, you can get a city card. If you live in the city, you can get a county card. You can. Best of both worlds. And the two systems do have different offerings, so I highly recommend getting both. Agreed. Yes. I know somebody, I think it was yesterday on Slack, it was a city library employee went to a county library to find two very specific books that the city library didn't have. And they also didn't have it through ILL, but we did. So, yeah. And, you know, that happens vice versa. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, you guys have a much more robust um, online collection, like your Overdrive and your Libby collection are much better than the city collection. So I know a lot of people who use the county library for those. Mm -hmm. And I use like the city library all the time, mostly because they don't charge fines. It's so right. a nice benefit. <laughs> it's true. I got a city card during the pandemic because I'm lazy and I never made it into a city location. But I could get an e-card during the pandemic, so I did. So I mostly use the City Library's Overdrive stuff, which although they don't have as large of a collection as we do, they have different stuff. Exactly. Which is nice. <laughs> and I think I've had a county library card since I was little, but I'm pretty sure there's a large fine on my card, so I haven't been back. <laughs> did you hear that? Maybe we should rethink our fines. <laughs> I always get large fines on my card because <laughs> even though I work at the library, I just can't seem to remember to bring books in. It's so hard. It really is. Yeah. I actually I actually just signed up for the summer reading to get my $4.50 off yeah. my account. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that. I've got yeah. I've got a fine on my account right now. I've like 80 overdue items today, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. Patrons <laughs> are stressing them. Library employees also return stuff late. Yes, yes. it's true. <laughs> we don't judge you. We understand. Yeah, we don't judge you. <laughs> what do we do as librarians? Most people think that we do is read all day and the part that they can see, which is us working the desks. And that's really kind of like the iceberg of what libraries do. You can just see that top part. 
But all the other things that we do are sometimes kind of hidden. And that includes everything from, like, kind of minutiae of library stuff, like weeding and making sure the collection looks good and making sure that we have space on our shelves. But it also includes a lot of other things like being out in the community, going to festivals, having an amazing podcast studio like they have here at the Kearns Library. So it's really whatever the community needs in that location, I think libraries are trying to help. Mm-hmm. Like I, I started trying to think about what a typical day looks like for me. And I don't really have a typical day. Yeah, every day is different. <laughs> it goes from everything from me being on desk, which I'm a children's librarian, so I'm usually, usually on the children's desk at Sandy. And I get all sorts of questions there, everything from helping people to find books to making recommendations about like research stuff or asking people will ask about like reading levels or things like that. I do a lot of programming stuff, so like I run story times at the library. Right now, I currently help run like we run a teen D and D program. I help run that, and then we have a teen Discord that we run. That I am one of the people that helps moderate that. So I am often doing several things at once while I'm working on various things. It it makes for an entertaining time. Yeah, so if you see us just staring at the monitor, we're really not just staring at, well, sometimes we are. Um, (laughs) Sometimes you got to just zone out for a second. But yeah, we're usually, we're answering emails, maybe we're watching a webinar, we're moderating Discord channel, all sorts of stuff, checking reservations for rooms, things like that. So yeah, we're, we're constantly going. We also have that new chat service at the county where people can go on our website, talk to us, so sometimes you're answering chat questions, too. That, that's right. If you haven't tried it yet, go try our new chat feature. <laughs> You'll get answered by a real person, a real library worker. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, and also I think a lot of people come into the library and just assume, oh, this person at the desk, they're a librarian, when not everyone who works there is a librarian. Like, everyone in this room is a librarian, but me, I'm a library assistant. And I basically do more like behind the scenes stuff for the librarians is what I do in my role. But every library assistant does different things. Mm-hmm. Brooke, you mentioned that you've worked at the city library for 25 years. Yep. You want to talk about that? Like, when did you start and like what jobs have you held over those 25 years? Yeah, sure. So my first job I started was an aide in the periodicals department at the old library, which is currently the Leonardo, and that was in the sub-basement of that building, (laughs) and that was definitely kind of a shocking experience for young baby Brooke. At that time, it was... The public reading room for the magazines was smaller, and then there was this huge cavernous back area that held all of the old periodicals. And you would kind of just hang out. It was also the place that had the most computers at the time, so it would be just kind of full of dudes all day and, like, 16-year-old Brooke. Like, that's how that room was organized. But it was kind of the perfect place to start to really love libraries because we were in the sub-basement. We could try out and do interesting things. 
that was the point where we started the zine library at the city library. And so it was really kind of transformative to be 16 and having like a real immediate impact on the library. That was pretty amazing. And as we moved into the new building, which is now like 20 years old, (laughs) you know, I've been an assistant like Sarah. And then as I got my library degree, I became YA selector. So I bought all of the graphic novels and the teen books for the system. And then I became the AV selector. So I bought all of the AV materials for the system for a while. And then I became the teen services coordinator, and that job was sort of organizing all of the teen programs that the system was doing. And at that time, the city library was doing very few teen programs. We didn't have a teen summer reading program. And so I sort of helped organize that and got it in a better place. And then, and then I moved to Glendale and been managing Glendale ever since. So that's all of my biography there. And it's been really interesting to have just about every job in the system and to have worked at a bunch of different locations and some different branches because each, I mean, you guys know this too, each branch has a different flavor, has a different feel in a different community that needs different things. So the people at the main library need different things than the people at Glendale or the people at Kearns. And there's some overlap, but it's really interesting to see the differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to work at Magna, and now I'm at Sandy, and just the differences between the two communities are really interesting for a lot of reasons. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So now that you're a manager, are there any aspects of your previous jobs that you don't get to do anymore that you miss? Yeah, I think once you become a manager, you stop getting to be friends with people people sometimes unless you've known them for a long time so it's kind of hard to be like oh everybody's hanging out but not with me but also recognizing that that's a healthy boundary like you shouldn't probably be hanging out with your boss so that's kind of an aspect I miss another thing that I miss I do I love pulling holds and like working the desk and doing like all of those kind of like meditative um, back-end things, but it's probably not how I should be spending my time, so I don't get to do as much of it as I would like. Yeah, I do not like weeding. (laughs) Just going to put that out there. Um, But I think weeding, uh, the first time you have to weed a collection or part of your collection, it's intimidating. It totally Mm -hmm. is. It's kind of scary. For for anyone out there that doesn't know, because I realize this is a librarian word that you may not be familiar with, weeding is going through the collection and getting rid of books that either don't check out or that are in bad condition, things like that. That are out of date um, or have information that people don't want. Because the library is constantly getting new stuff in, we have to make decisions that are hard about getting rid of old stuff. And if you love books, it's really hard to part with them mm-hmm. until you get really good at it, and then you're pretty heartless about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no space? You haven't checked out in, like, a year? Bye. <laughs> I know one of the things I miss, so I I started as a shelter. <laughs> And the thing that I miss most about being a shelver is that because I did so much work that I didn't 
have to think that hard about because it doesn't take a lot of brain power for me to put books in alphabetical order. I used to listen to a ton of like podcasts and audiobooks while I was shelving books. And now I have like almost no time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. And I really miss that. So, yeah. This is a question for everybody. <laughs> what is something that surprises people you talk to about working at a library? I want to say almost every aspect of my job except for reading books. <laughs> like, they're like, wait, you, you, you get to like work with other um, nonprofits. You get to go do this. You get to go on these outreaches. You get to teach. You get to like learn stuff. You get to go to conferences. Like, yeah, yeah, I have fun. Like, you know, um, I'm planning on an alcohol ink paint night for teens. Like, yeah, teens, they don't have the money to do that, you know, and I thought that would be a really great thing to introduce them to because I did it for my birthday last year and I had the best time ever. So, you know, and when I, I used to work at Glendale with Brooke. So when I worked at Glendale, I did with Maria, one of the adult librarians there, we did a poetry open mic, you know, so like some communities, they had no idea. They have never heard of an open mic. Also, I taught improv to the kids and they're like, what's improv? I'm like, have you ever told a lie? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, maybe. <laughs> so, you know, you get to do different things like that mm -hmm. and it's really rewarding and fun. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that surprises people when I talk to them about my job is they'll go like, what? You get paid to run D&D? &D? What? You get paid to do crafts? What sort of job is this? And I'm like, well, I'm a librarian. <laughs> but I mean, on the flip side, too, be like, yeah, I had to clean poop off the floor. <laughs> you know, like, I had to scrub some cuss words off the wall. Like, there are those times, too. It's true. I think librarians are sort of the first lines of a community to feel the stress of a community. It's one of the first institutions. So when you have mental illness or poverty, like I feel like libraries see that and feel that pretty quickly, whereas other maybe front-facing community organizations are, get, to, get to hide from that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are always surprised when I tell them just like how much we offer in terms of like creative things like Salt Lake County and the city too have like these create spaces where they have like 3D printers and like sewing machines or like the recording studio that we're using now or the laser cutter like people are always shocked that we have that and that it's usually like free or really affordable too and I love mm -hmm. telling people about that yeah I think the most shocking thing is like most stuff is free mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. You know, you get that, well, how much is the membership here? Oh, no, it's free. They're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or even, like, the programs we do, they're, like, pretty much always, like, free, which people yeah. find, like, shocking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I briefly talked about working with other nonprofits and community partnership. Brooke, what kind of opportunities have come about since you've worked at the city library or maybe becoming a manager that you didn't have before? Yeah, I've had a ton of opportunities that the library has given me. I think that I talked a little bit in those early years about starting the zine collection. And zines are just um, 
they're homemade magazines. And so they're usually made on copy machines. They're usually super small runs, usually 30 to like 500. And that was really exciting to be a part of. And we went to conferences in Ohio to talk to other zinesters. And that was really kind of a, a eye-opening experience. I've also had an opportunity to work with librarians across the country, helping pick like best books of the year. I was on a committee called the Michael L. Prince Committee, which is a committee that picks like the best teen books that have been published in a year. And that was a really rewarding experience and to get to talk to librarians across the country and see what troubles they have or what things they're doing is is really, really amazing. And I get to be on awesome podcasts like this. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Mm-hmm. People are always surprised when I tell them that I get paid to make a podcast too. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs> Do you have any like funny or like memorable stories about your time working for the city library? Yeah. So the time that comes to mind immediately is, so it was during the Olympics. So very, again, I'm very baby-faced Brooke. And I am, I'm not even 21 yet. And we're, I'm walking in this crowded city with my mom and we're walking downtown and every homeless person stops and is like, Brooke, how are you doing? And my mom was just like horrified. Like, how do you know every single homeless person downtown? And it was like, well, because I've built relationships with them at the library and they come and see me every day. And like, we have, we're friends, sort of. That was pretty funny. Like, everybody was pretty shocked about that. And then just like, Right now, I work with a ton of middle schoolers, and they are constantly funny, and you have to try and, like, not encourage their bad behavior, but it's always funny. And trying to figure out that line between, like, being serious but also recognizing that they're being really ridiculous right now is always a good time. How about you guys? Do you guys have good stories? I mean, I have a funny story I can share. So I also started off as a shelter. Um, one of the other branches in the system and we had someone come in and ask if we take donations and I was like yeah we take like book donations and movie donations and the person was like oh well I have seashells to donate and I was like you know I don't think we need those I'll like see someone wants it for a program and no one needed them so I was like oh well there's a thrift store down the street you can donate them then the person was a little upset and then cut to like 45 minutes later, I'm out shelving, putting books away. And what do I find behind some of the shelves? A whole bunch of seashells. <laughs> like tons of them. That was so weird. And I must have only been working for the library for like a month or so at that point. And I was like, oh, this is going to be a very funny job. <laughs> <laughs> no, just that reminded me. Um, so just like a week or two ago, we had somebody come into the library and talk to our manager about trying to remember if it was the guy's wife or his parent somebody close to him had died um, and he was making funeral arrangements and they wanted in lieu of flowers to have people donate money to the library so he was talking to our manager like trying to figure out if that was a thing that we could do which you can if you if you want to know the answer to that the answer is yes you can do that (laughs) but I just thought it was so so interesting that like the library had had such an impact on this person's life that that's what they wanted to do for the funeral was give money to the library. 
I think it just speaks to how how meaningful the library is for so many people and how it touches people's lives in such a great way. That's lovely. Yeah, that is. I don't have anything like specific, but just being a safe space for everybody and um, and getting to know the people that feel like it's a safe space, especially um, uh, people looking for housing and jobs. They really appreciate us just seeing them as a person and not a problem, which I think they encounter a lot in society. I mean, there have been times where, you know, an individual come in and they're like, this is a safe space, right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for having a safe space. You know, thank you for allowing me to sit here and get warm during the winter or sit here on the couch and read this newspaper so I can cool off in the summer because they don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes you just help somebody make a copy and then they come back the next day and they bring you donuts because it was just a simple kindness. And I think people forget to take the time for that simple kindness. What are some things that you, collectively you, not just Brooke, (laughs) that you wish would or could be changed about this profession, about librarians and libraries? I wish there was more diversity in our profession. Like, we need to see every, everybody. Mm -hmm. Man, woman, non-binary, people of color, indigenous. Like, we need all these people. It's sometimes, and I'm, I'm not saying anything specific because I've actually been extremely lucky working at the libraries that I've worked at and the staff that I've worked with. But sometimes it, it can be a little lonesome, <laughs> you know. Like, I may have a bad day or I may encounter somebody that's racist or misogynist, you know. And sometimes it's hard to find somebody to understand that, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what... I kind of wish. Agreed. Yeah, it's a really white profession, and it often doesn't reflect the communities that we're serving, and we don't do ourselves any favors by having these huge hurdles that people have to jump in order to get into the profession. I think we need to really think about the balance of, like, having a master's degree and having some professionalism, but also how that gatekeeps a lot of people out of the profession and trying to be better about having a good balance about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my coworkers and I were actually talking about this the other day, how like if we're going to require a master's degree to be a librarian, we need to pay commensurate to that so that It's not as much of a barrier because if you go into debt to get that master's degree, you make enough money to pay back that student loan. Right. Oh, I think mine's similar. Like as someone who's just starting their master's degree, um, it took me a really long time to get here. It is like a huge hurdle to go over. Like I've met so many amazing people that work for the library. They'd be amazing librarians, but they just don't have the time. They don't have the money or the resources to get that degree. So they can't do things that they'd be great at, like doing certain programs or like being able to purchase books because you're limited in what you can do with certain jobs in the library. Mm -hmm. I know some places have eased up on that uh, requirement of a master's. So it'll say MLS or it'll say equivalent job experience. Yeah. Which I think opens a lot of doors to people. 
Yeah, like right now my teen librarian doesn't have an MLS, but he literally grew up streets away from the library. He knows everybody in the community, and he's worked with every single community partner within a 10-mile radius. And that's been really great to watch this person of color connect with these kids of color, and it's just been kind of a really magical experience. And it has really made me rethink, like, what am I looking for with certain jobs? Like, who is it exactly that I'm keeping out by having a posting look the way it does? And who is who is applying because of that? That's mm-hmm. a hard thing to navigate, though. It really is. And it has – it's not been all rainbows. Like, it has been really hard to sort of – get him up to speed on sort of librarian professionalism. But that's not any more difficult than having somebody right out of library school who's never worked in a library either, who just has all the philosophy but doesn't have any of the contacts. So, yeah, I go back and forth on on protecting the profession or if it's gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think there's definitely, like, librarianship as a whole has changed so much over the last 10, 20, 30 years that, like, what a librarian does now is probably quite different from what a librarian used to do 30 or 40 years ago. And there's a lot of that that you really, you don't understand until you start working as a librarian, and then you're like, oh, Things keep changing. I have to keep changing. I have to keep learning new things and doing new things, which is one of the things I love about the profession. I love it, too. And there's always this pushback to try something new and different, like um, virtual programming. Mm -hmm. So many people are like, whoa, no, no, no. Well, except for the children's librarians that were like, heck, yeah, let me do that story time live. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness for those (laughs) children's librarians. But... Like trying to branch out and do other things like a lecture series or uh, a book club. I think a lot of people were scared to do that. But Mm -hmm. I I feel like in our profession, like, no, you have to be adaptable. You have to be willing to try something new. And as I learned during a class, and fail with some grace because we all do. We all fail, you know, and you learn a lesson and you move on. So Mm -hmm. That's almost my favorite part about being a librarian is There is a lot of space to fail. There's a lot of space to be like, well, I tried that program and nobody came. I'm going to try it again or we're just going to be done with that. I have personally really enjoyed being able to grow like that. Yeah. Well, it is great, too, because there's a lot of space for each librarian to kind of have their own thing that they do. Like, there's going to be some overlap. But it's not uncommon on a librarian staff to have somebody that, like, technology is their thing and that's what they do and somebody else that like collection development is their thing and that's what they do and somebody else that like story time is their thing and that's what they do and it's great to be able to have people with different strengths and different interests that really bring different perspectives to the library and make it a place for everyone Mm -hmm. definitely which is part of why we need more diverse people exactly so much for having me this was delightful hopefully we gave everyone some insight into what we do if you have more questions you can always contact us our email is shelvespodcast at slclibrary.org 
Um, you can find new and old episodes of the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. We're everywhere. Or yeah. something. We're, we're everywhere where podcasts are. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, our next episode is going to be about how to run a cookbook book club. If you have no idea what that means, tune into our next episode. We'll talk all about it. Yay. Until next time. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.